There are so many groups of people who are in desperate need of a community to uplift them and help them tell their stories. Amplify Voices is a nonprofit organization that serves a different group of individuals each year who are historically oppressed, misunderstood, or silenced, and want to use their voice as an instrument of change. I'm Rebecca Freeman, and on today's episode of The Public Pulse, I sit down with Amanda Schneider, the organization's executive director, to discuss her experience with the program, learning how to be a public speaker, and finding the courage to share her story. Hi, Amanda. Hello. (laughs) Um, So you're the executive director for Amplify Voices? I am, yes. So what exactly does that position entail for you? Oh, well, we are a newer nonprofit. Right Mm -hmm. now it is just the uh, founder, Deb Shapiro, and myself. Okay, so describe exactly what you do for the organization. I work on establishing relationships with uh, other local uh, nonprofits in the area, kind of collaboration that way, promotion, marketing, social media. Okay, that's really cool. So how exactly did you find out about Amplify Voices? I actually was a speaker in the first program. So Deb Shapiro, she had a business in the valley that she was running for uh, entrepreneurs who wanted to get into the speaking industry Hmm. and she'd been doing that for about four years it was called deb x a little tongue-in-cheek to tedx yeah um but yeah she her premise was if you had eight minutes to change the world what would you say whoa and so she would take (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty powerful because yeah you can speak for a long time but it's really hard to get down to those eight minutes yeah um so she would work with individuals and take them through a 90-day speaker training development program at the end of the 90 days they would deliver their talks on stage, they'd record them, and then off they went. COVID hit, and, you know, it just kind of put a stop to things, and she was having a conversation with a a longtime friend of hers Mm -hmm. and knew her history, um, and they started talking about it. She had been trafficked when she was 14. She was kidnapped. Oh, wow. And uh, this woman, Sparky, was retiring from uh, the airline industry and was talking about what she wanted to do. And, and Deb said, well, this is a perfect time to share your story. And Sparky's hands came up and she's like, no, I can't talk about it. Mm. And here's this woman who's just really strong and a bold woman in every yeah. other way. And she is silenced. And Deb realized that her friend was silenced about mm-hmm. speaking about this, and so it sparked the idea of doing a themed event. Yeah. And that's what kind of started the process. So she was working with six women getting ready to start the program. I am not a survivor of trafficking myself. However, yeah. I, I was uh, sexually assaulted, and I've been vocal about it on social media. So mm-hmm. a friend knew my story. She knew what Deb was up to and said, I just feel like you guys need to talk. And so oh. I became the seventh speaker in the program. Oh, and that's awesome. So, yeah, it was, huh. it was great. Um, so March of 2021, we delivered our talks on stage at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Um, at that point, I was all in. I loved the mission of Amplify Voices, mm-hmm. which is a, a bit of a broader mission. Yeah. But uh, it's very much about bringing more compassion to the world. And it's very spiritually aligned with who I am. And I told mm-hmm. Deb at the end, I said, you're stuck with me. I'm not going anywhere. And so <laughs> after some volunteering, I stepped into the role of executive director in September of 2021. So then I know 2022, the theme, like you said, was helping formerly incarcerated people. Yes. So did you help pick that topic? Or like, how did that one come to be? That's a great question. So uh, Bobby E. now, he works for the uh, 
Diocese of San Diego. Aliza Amar was one of the speakers in the trafficking uh, program, and they're very closely connected. And he was aware of what we're doing, and he's very, very passionate about restorative justice. Mm -hmm. And he's formerly incarcerated himself and thought, oh my gosh, this would be such a great program to bring to this community. So he planted a seed in Deb's ear and said, would you ever think about doing this? And conversations happened, and found a connection with the University of San Diego and oh, wow. so they partnered together and so we started that program in 2022. Oh so. nice. Hmm. That's really cool because that's not like a topic that I hear talked about very much is like how those people who have been in jail or prison or whatever mm-hmm. and how they have to deal with that later on. So how exactly do you find these people? Like do they sign up themselves or like? These uh, speakers that came into the program, uh, Bobby Enow had known them. There's uh, a number of restorative justice programs in schools and different things like that. So they knew a handful of individuals who had huge success with restorative justice and really transformed their lives. And a couple of them were wanting to speak and were in action about shifting perspectives about that. So they Hmm. were, they came recommended to us and yeah. That's really cool. So then what exactly is restorative justice? I'm probably not (laughs) going to give the expert opinion on this because I've I've just never heard of it. No, it's, um, so the idea is when people go into the prison system, so often it's, you've done something wrong. You know, a lot of people want to just lock them up and throw away the key. And how, how are they supposed to successfully transition back into being a successful contributing citizen Mm -hmm. when they're locked away in a lot of, you know, some cases isolated, no education, no services or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So restorative justice is about, you know, giving them the tools to move forward. It's also about reconnecting them with the victims. It's about um, repairing and facing and having a conversation with the victims. One of our speakers in particular reconnected with his victim. He was a police officer uh, that our speaker, when he was younger, had shot and almost killed him. Oh, geez. Um, And they were able to meet and have a conversation, and now they actually go around and speak together. And it's in that process, I think, where you just see the humanity of each person. Yeah, it's such an... It was a really transformative uh, process being able to support, you know, our volunteers that were involved, but also the audience. Mm -hmm. A lot of hearts were changed in listening to those messages. So, yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Do you have any like one specific story that stands out to you or like a couple or however many uh, (laughs) like stories that stand out to you from your time with the organization of like specific people and how they've improved themselves? Hmm. One that comes to mind um, one of my probably favorite experiences was in the program that we did for restorative justice was called Restoring Humanity. And uh, we were in one of our sessions and uh, one of our speakers commented, he said, this reminds me a lot of elementary school because, you know, in prison, it's a very racial place. And um, this reminds me back before race and you know all of those things were at play and he just he said so I'm enjoying this very much and so just being able to create um, and hold that space and our programming is done primarily over zoom so you're not in person as of yet yeah um, but we're still able to create this safe space where people can open up and feel seen and heard Mm -hmm. and have 
those connections. Um, Misty, one of our speakers from Triumph Over Trafficking, uh, during the program actually decided to move back to Florida where she was trafficked and her message was, I'm good. All of our talks have a message that we give out and her message was, I am good. And she was inspired to go back and visit all of the different people. And now she's doing a number of things within the trafficking arena to help affect change. So Good for her. Yeah, (laughs) very inspiring. Wow. So shifting topics a little bit, what exactly would you say is the most difficult part of your job? Mm. Or like whatever is the hardest for you to handle? I would say... Um, I'm fortunate to be involved in the programming when we run our programs, and uh, it's such a sacred space to be able to sit, quote, in these rooms, Zoom yeah. rooms, <laughs> uh, with people as they're going through the process, and I know firsthand what it's like, you know, my experience of going through the process, and it requires a lot of vulnerability and mm-hmm. trust and courage, and, and you think you're healed from these adverse experiences that you've encountered, but as you get in and start, you know, thinking about points in your story that matter, it does take you back into the there and it, Absolutely. it can bring up emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so sitting in those spaces as our participants are going through that, it's heavy emotional work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very satisfying and fulfilling, but it, it is uh, a number of times when I come off of training sessions, I just walk around in my backyard and I cry and just seeing the human experience and having that empathy and, you know, hearing these stories and what people go through, it's just, um, mm-hmm. it's... It's a lot sometimes. Yeah. So then does it start out as like a group therapy type session and then turn into that public speaking route or how exactly does it work? Great question. No, we do not do any therapy. Um, it is, you know, primarily a speaker training program. Okay. However, um, we were finding that the byproduct of that, you know, as these groups find connection, uh, there's a lot of healing that's done in community and connection with others. And that just kind of naturally comes out through our process as yeah. we go through these experiences. So there's this freedom on the other side once our speakers deliver their talks and we have different programs we have our stage events that kind of kick off a voice and then we continue them on with speaker circles so they're just smaller 30-day experiences everything is done online it's not necessarily people that want to go out on stage and, and speak but they still want to be seen and heard so then how exactly do the speaker circles work? It's a 30-day program. We, you know, meet once a week on Zoom. We use Marco Polo. Oh, nice. Yes, for the connection in between. And, and so during that 30-day process, they're kind of given the simple tools that we use to develop their talks. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the inner circle graduation, if you will, where each speaker within that circle of six to seven participants, they give their talk. Oh, nice. And then those that want to go on, we do a, it's called a Dare to Share showcase where they can invite family and friends. Okay, and, and that one's in person or is that still on nope, Zoom? Nope, that's on Zoom. Okay, Speaker nice. circles up until this point, again, because we started in COVID, have been all, yeah. all virtual. So okay. because Deb and I are both here in Arizona, mm-hmm. it's it's time to kind of establish our roots. And so we're trying to make more local connections. Nice. So who knows what it will be in the future. <laughs> I heard my teacher Dave, who helps at the radio station, he attended an event from Amplify Voices. So what kind of events do you guys do? That event was our annual Impact Awards uh, and Friendraiser. So uh, that was our first live event in person for showing people what Amplify Voices is, what Mm. we do. And that was a lot of fun. We wanted to make it unique. And so it was more like a museum style. We had a bunch of exhibits around and different things like that. So the other events that we do are our speaker series 
series. So the stage events, when we do a 90-day, those are in person, and then we also live stream them. The Dare to Share are open to family and friends of the speakers. Yeah. However, we are looking at other ways to bring those voices out. And also, we want to expand into other communities, mm-hmm. and there are ways to do that without having to go into this intensive 90-day yeah, of stage event. So. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, is I saw that 2023, the theme is breast cancer survivors. Yes. So I feel like that's a lot yeah. more common than that's either of the past of two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We started with these two somewhat taboo subjects, yeah, right? Absolutely. Trafficking and sexual assault and formerly incarcerated, and now we're moving into breast cancer. Like what the nice thing is is we've just been growing organically and we had Anna Pincus, she's the founder of the Aquilanda Women's Foundation. She was our presenting sponsor for the trafficking event. Oh. She's extremely passionate about equipping women and having them share their stories and stand in their truth. And she was sharing Amplify with a friend who is a prominent breast cancer surgeon. Okay. <laughs> uh, she heard what we were doing and listened to the talks and said, I want to do this for women who are on the other side of breast cancer treatment. Oh. There's so much about what they're facing and encountering on the other side that this would benefit them. And yeah, so Deb course. and I, we want to make sure that we stay true to our mission. And it's working with communities who have historically been silenced, misunderstood, or oppressed. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of bringing these talks out is to bring more compassion and understanding to those communities. Yeah. And when we started talking with some women who are on the other side or going through breast cancer treatment, there is a silencing, Definitely. very much so. Yeah. Um, there's just similar emotions and feelings and shame and all of the things that we've encountered with the first two communities. So mm-hmm. we said, yeah, this is in alignment with our mission. And we have a group of people who are enthusiastic about moving this voice forward. And so... That's what we're focused on in 2023. That's great. (laughs) I think a lot of us can feel like struggle taking up time and space. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll kind of like hide ourselves away. And after going through the program, it triggered all sorts of growth for me. And one of mine was I was facing the whole time uh, comparison issues because here I am working with six other women who are survivors of trafficking. Yeah. And I only was sexually assaulted. Yeah. You know, and so I fought that through the whole process. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the time I got to the stage, that was the first time in my entire life. And I'm 46, so this was when I was 44. It was the first time in my life where I felt like I owned the space. Yeah. and And I didn't apologize for the time that I took and I didn't rush how quickly Mm -hmm. I answered and it was this freedom of like no this is my time and my space and uh, it was such an empowering feeling and that has lasted with me it wasn't just that one time and in addition to stepping into the nonprofit world and finding my my happy place like how was I never you know (laughs) I love doing what I'm doing now yeah I'm sharing and a worship associate at my church now and I have a voice and you know, what I say matters. And of course. I think so many of us don't feel that. The whole mission that you guys are working towards is so incredible because not only does it help the speakers, it also definitely helps the audience to have like a broader perspective of what these communities are going through and how to be more compassionate. So have you had any like experiences with audience members who have learned things or anything along those lines? Yeah, we um, actually did a survey for the audience after Restoring Humanity, and really this person was like, I thought I knew what I knew, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what I didn't know. (laughs) And they spoke about really seeing the humanity Uh of the person. Of course. And I can tell the first time that I had that was about, uh, I don't know, 
10, 11 years ago, I had these labels and stereotypes mm-hmm. that I just grew up with. And yeah. that was how I, I thought. And uh, I was sitting in an audience one day and I was listening to, as I walked in, I would have called him an illegal alien. <laughs> and I was listening to this man talk about why he chose to bring his family and his wife and his kids over into America and what they were facing and how horrible it was and how scary it was. And all of a sudden, I just saw this human being in front of me, a parent who feels just like I do, who has emotions just Mm -hmm. like I do. Absolutely. And that has changed my entire, the last decade of my life Mm -hmm. and just brought so much more compassion. And that's what the power of these stories can have. You know, it's empowering for the speakers, but also for the audience because it can really bring more compassion. And Mm -hmm. I I think life is just so much more full. And and especially with what's happening in our world right now, we need so much more of that. Absolutely. Focusing on the humanity of we're all walking around doing the best that we can. And Mm -hmm. we all have similar emotions and feelings, no matter what our experiences are. And we can Absolutely. There are so many incredible nonprofits out there doing necessary, important work. And I believe the more that we can actually collaborate and come together and find ways to pool our resources, I think what we do is very unique because we don't directly serve these affected communities. There are nonprofits out there doing amazing work on the ground. And so what we can do is come in and provide this additional layer Mm -hmm. after the participants or people in the community have gone through a certain amount of healing or come through the process to a certain point, and then they're ready to share their story. It's like this additional level of healing. And then we can take that and really shift the bigger communities. So you mentioned that there is a documentary coming out. Is it about Amplify Voices or about the speakers? We just released the trailer at our last event. So the documentary is called The Journey. And I mentioned Anna Pincus earlier, who Mm -hmm. is our presenting sponsor. She also happens to co-own a documentary film studio, uh, Dockland Films. And she was so touched seeing the journey that the seven of us women went through during our 90-day program Mm -hmm. that she wanted to document that and show what the journey was to go through the whole process. Oh, wow. Um, So that's uh, what she created. It's about a 50-minute film. She highlighted three of the seven speakers to really show in depth their stories and their progression. And uh, it's a really beautiful piece because I think, I I love documentaries, but some of them you get to the end and you're just like oh my gosh the world is like ending and, yeah yeah, oh. yeah yeah and this is so uplifting and yes it's a heavy topic mm-hmm. and yes it's emotional and there's this hope and beauty and connection that go through it and you are celebrating and yeah. there's this joyfulness to it and it's just such a well done piece so we're really excited that's great there's some opportunities for different distribution but we're going to be hosting a private screening for mm. our local community here in Arizona nice hopefully the end of January Are there any other places we can find Amplify Voices online? Any way we can reach out or help? Yes. Our uh, website's the easiest place to connect with us, amplifyvoices.org. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Public Pulse. Be sure to visit amplifyvoices.org to find out more about how you can get involved in uplifting the community. I'm Rebecca Freeman, and you're listening to 88.7 The Pulse.